Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I am joined as always by G. Hey Wiley, Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch. How are we doing on this beautiful Friday? Not too shabby, guys. Not too shabby. I'm a little tired from Vegas, but other than that, I am awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for asking, Arash. Happy Friday, everybody. Yeah, it's going to be a great weekend. Uh, excited for fantasy football to start in a couple weeks. so And the football season, rather, for that matter, as well. I don't want to overreact, but the Bears are officially back. I mean, <laughs> one, one, of my, one of my friends texted me yesterday saying, whoever decided to put the Bears and Seahawks on ESPN deserves to be fired. And I, I mean... I don't want to call for anybody's jobs, but I don't know whose decision that was. For Even for a preseason game, who wants to see the Bears against the Seahawks? At least at this current point in time, it was a train wreck. But the Bears are 2-0, and so we're back. Wow. I, I love how Armand gets psyched about preseason. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, like you're you're so hyped up and so excited that pre, that you're 2-0 and right now, and it's preseason and none of these matter. But you know what? I'm just happy that you're happy, I guess. That's that's like the one positive thing because season's going to come and then all this is going to be a fond memory. We're going to be awful. Yeah, we're going to be terrible. My uh, favorite fun fact about the winless Detroit Lions, the team that went 0-16, is that I think they went either 4-0 and or 5-0 and in the preseason. That was pretty amazing. Um, all right, let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circus Sports. Circa Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Hit it, Jihei. <laughs> ESPN's Brian Windhorst reported that he believes that the Nets are leaning towards bringing back Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to pair with Ben Simmons despite KD's obvious desire to play elsewhere. What do you think of this decision if Nets owner Joe uh, Side actually follows through and refuses to trade Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? You know, they're in different positions. KD, I mean, the, the, the thing that makes that trade request demand uh, so weird and unheard of is that he has four years left on his deal. So if you're Joe Sy, if you're Sean Marks, if you're the Nets, you have to get some big value back. Again, you're not getting a guy who's in the last year of his contract. You're, get, you're getting one of the top five, top two uh, players in the world with four years left. The Kyrie thing is a little is a little bit different. I mean, Kyrie's been a headache his entire time in Brooklyn, and um, you know, effectively a contract year for him. So, 
they're in different situations. But listen, at the end of the day, if you're Joe Sy in in and uh, you have again two of the best players in the world. I can see how he would want to run it back at the end of the day. For sure, KD. Like, I'm assuming Kyrie may be in the same boat. They, or at least KD, does not want to be there. So it's going to be a train wreck. It's going to be a nightmare. I think both guys get traded at some point. But again, it's important to note, KD, because of the four years left on his deal, is in a different position. Yeah, I mean... Look, I think at this point in time, they're going to run it back. They haven't seen a Ben Simmons, KD, and Kyrie trio. And I think Joe Sy's been listening to Stephen A. He's like, why do I have to pander to Kevin Durant? You know, he signed this extension. What are you going to sit out games? We know Kevin Durant isn't going to retire or sit out games. He's in love with the game of basketball, regardless of if he's unhappy or not. So I think at this point in time, that's why they're denying the two picks for Kyrie Irving. You know, something they would have accepted in June or July, rather. And it's just now the Lakers, I think this is more about the Lakers. They're stuck with Westbrook now until at least probably the deadline because they're not going to give up two picks for Heald and Turner as of right now. That could change. And I wouldn't give up Westbrook in a pick for Eric Gordon. I don't know why everyone thinks Eric Gordon's the second coming of Jesus over here. I mean, the guy is old, and yes, he can shoot, but he doesn't play defense, and that's a problem. At least Heald has made the most threes in the NBA over the past three seasons, more than Stephen Curry, more than Desmond Bain and all these guys, right? Miles Turner plays defense. So I think this is more about, less about the Nets, because we know what's going to happen. They're not going to contend for a title, even with these three guys. They're not. There's too much drama. They won't win. It's just, a, it's a fact. It's Milwaukee or Boston in the Eastern Conference, right? It's more about the Lakers. They're going to be stuck with Westbrook. How was that going to play out, at least until the deadline? So, so quick question. Um, you don't believe that, Brandon, you don't believe that even, let's just say everything works out everything's kumbaya back at the Nets camp and every and everybody's getting along Kyrie Ben Simmons uh KD they all get along they all start playing you don't think that these guys are playoff contender worthy no because 11 out of the past 12 champions have had a top 10 defense they're not even going to have a top 20 defense there's a zero percent chance they win that like even if they got even if they all got on the same page they all were like look guys we're here to win like this is why we all came here we're here to win a title yakety yak blah 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 um we're gonna we're gonna pony up ben simmons is known for his d yeah, it's one guy who else can play defense on the team. Yeah, but that that guy can trickle down. I mean, you know what what like energy can happen with a team and stuff like that. I'm I'm not I'm I am agreeing I with mean, you. I mean, nothing's nothing's it, impossible if we're just looking at the history and the statistics about like in the history of what happened. It's, you need to have a top ten defense. That's why the Lakers won an off season and people are like hating on them, but they got better defensively. Like they're going to be a better basketball team. The Nets they did get better defensively with Simmons. You're right, Jihei. They're still not a great defensive team, which is why they can't beat the Bucks or the Celtics in a playoff series, in my opinion. Okay. I, I just... I don't know. It's, it's just really hard to believe that they can't... They're not going to be one at all. I, I believe that they're, they're not going to go far, 
if they I, are I say this every year. We say this every year. Like, there's a ton of teams that are playoff contenders, quote unquote. But it's the same. We know who's going to come out of the East. It's not a. It's not. A, it's not rocket science. It's Giannis with Middleton is every year with Middleton and Drew if they're healthy, right? And then if not, it's Boston. There's no other team that's coming out of the East. We just know it's a foregone conclusion. And your what you're describing as a playoff contender, of course, they're probably getting to the second round, Brooklyn, first or second round. But will they win a championship? Definitely not. Gotcha. Yeah, no. It was just a curious question. Armand, do you have anything to add to all this? Yeah, I, I, uh, I side with both of you a little bit, but I do think that zero is, is kind of stretching it, Brandon. I do think that the Nets... That is Brandon's a- favorite hyperbole. <laughs> of all the Brandon um, hyperboles, the zero percent chance. There's always a chance, my friend. That's the okay, beauty of sports. Statistically, a 0.000001% chance will give them. The defense thing, you're definitely right about. It's going to be tough for them to be a good defensive team. Um, in terms of this story, two thoughts really quickly. I think that first of all, I don't believe any of the stuff that's being reported until we get to like really close to training camp because we've we've been around the loops, we've been around the circle so many times with with different reporters saying different things and this is not to discredit Brian Windhorst at all because he's been pretty spot on this offseason. But the thing is, we've heard so many conflicting reports and so much of this could be leverage and I just, I want to wait till September. And then second of all, if this is true, kudos to Joe side, because at some point an owner needed to change this player empowerment narrative, which when a player has X amount of years left on their contract and they just say, I'm unhappy, I want to get out of here. An owner needed to step up and stop this because it's, in my opinion, it's bad for the sport. All this player empowerment and player movement, it's good for the players, but it needed to stop. And if this is the if this is the guy that stops it, kudos to him. But we'll see, because I still am kind of skeptical. There was that report too that that even if the Lakers sent two first round picks and Russell Westbrook, they would not make that trade for Kyrie. Do you do you guys I mean I think that would be crazy. I mean, if you look at a Lakers draft pick right now. And I'm not saying that they're not going to improve. That's effectively a lottery pick. I mean, LeBron's going to be gone by, what, 2026, 2027? I mean, you could be looking at two very high draft picks. I mean, if you're not making that trade, that's crazy. I don't think they make the trade for any. I don't think they trade Kyrie Irving if they're going to have Kevin Durant come back at this point in time. They probably want him back, too, for at least one year. You know, but then it goes, but you're right. Logistically, a Ross, they're not going to re-sign Kyrie Irving next summer. So why, why not get Russell Westbrook and buy him out? And then you get two first round picks and send Joe Harris over there. And then you get rid of those contracts long-term and you still have a good basketball team with only Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, TJ Warren, and a couple other guys, right? That's logistically what's going on. The Nets are the most pig-headed organization in the world. Everybody is when it comes to the Lakers. They don't want to deal with the Lakers. This is a, a no-brainer that they should accept this deal. But I think they're not accepting any deal. They want to see if they can just win a title this year. And it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I mean, here's the thing. If they get those, if they got those picks, I personally would think it would be worth it. But they still have to deal with KD playing with Westbrook for a year. <laughs> no, he won't. Like, he, he won't. Get out. He get out. Uh, yeah, he that's get what out. gets yeah. lost. 
no one's trading for Westbrook the player. You're trading for like the cap and the, it, it, it's absolutely no one's no one's no one's keeping him. But that would be fascinating just for a day if they were teammates. Uh, I mean, uh, Arash, <laughs> listen to this. So like at the beginning of the of the free agency period, everyone was like, okay, maybe Sean Marks and and um, and Drop Link are doing a Westbrook Irving swap with no picks. That's how much of a cancer. Kyrie Irving was off the court last year. And now, one pick. Okay, not enough. Now, two picks. What do they want from the Lakers? There's nothing more the Lakers can offer. They've given them everything. This is like a Joey Gallo situation with Russell Westbrook. I really do think a change of scenery will do wonders for him. I don't think he's done. I'm not saying he's going to be the top 10 player in the league or something like that again. But this idea, I mean, the player that I saw in Washington, the player who a lot of fans were really pumped about seeing... Again, that was a year ago. I, I just think it's a really bad fit, and I, and I think he, he could be a productive player. Will he be a star? No. But I, I mean, this idea that he's, you know, like the worst player of the league, I mean, it, it's just so toxic here. He has to go. Yeah. Yeah, it's a terrible fit. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, moving on, Andrew Heaney gave up three home runs and the Dodgers lost to the Milwaukee Brewers 5-3 to three as this series was the first split at 2-2 two and two the Dodgers have um, had since before the All-Star break, guys. The only other series the Dodgers have not won since July 21st was against the Washington Nationals. I was there for that. That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cody Bellinger came back um, after being benched. The seats were nice, though. I'm not going to lie on that. Um, <laughs> Cody Bellinger came back in, um, after being benched and went 0 for 4 and lowered his average 2.204. With Max Muncy now hitting better, guys, do the Dodgers need Bellinger to step up in the month of September and in October like he did last season? Really quick, the two Dodgers series that they have not won... A member of the Arash Markazi show have ha, has been there. We had we had Jake Dicker in Milwaukee, and previously we had G. A. Wiley in Washington. So guys, no more road games. I'm sorry to say for for this crew, Brandon. Don't you try to pull like a reverse jinx and try to go on the road and um, have the Dodgers lose. But no, listen, Max Muncy is improving. Cody Bellinger, I, I just have confidence that come big time play. Big time playoff games come October. He's going to come out for this team. I wish he was consistent. I wish he was the player that he was. It's just not not happening. But um, I do have the confidence come late September, come October, he will come back. Yeah. No, I, um, you know, look, it's hard because Cody Bellinger hasn't adjusted ever since pitchers found out how to pitch to him after his MVP year, right? Even the second half of his MVP year was terrible. People forget that. He only hit home runs. He hit like about one, a buck 80, right? So like he, but still Bellinger is the best defender in the outfield. One of them in, in the MLB, right? So he's got that defensive value. He's got a great arm. And he's a spark plug. He's got he hits the ball over the fence. And if you can count it's like with Gallo. You can count on him hitting the ball over the fence like at least like one every it doesn't every every 20, 30, 40, 50 at bats doesn't matter. He's going to have some big hits when when it matters. You know? So I think that it's just the Dodgers don't need him to step up, but he will. I, I do agree with the Raj. He'll 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 beat the odds again. He's always good in, in September and October. I don't know how just turns on a different switch so 
Yeah, I think the mentality that Cody Bellinger has in the postseason or getting towards the postseason is just he turns it on. Uh, and like you said, Brandon, I don't know how he what he does. Like maybe he switches up his routine. You know, he like instead of going to McDonald's for breakfast, he goes to Taco Bell. I have no clue. I, I don't know. Uh, but I mean, may, maybe he just switches something up. Um, I, I know him and his girlfriend are doing surf lessons. Uh, source told me. So maybe that maybe that switching that stuff up in uh, in Manhattan Beach, doing some surf lessons in Manhattan Beach is going to change his game. I have no I have no. Look at the G A with the, the insider um, um, information. I love. Yeah, that. no, he's a uh, he's. Him and his girlfriend are enjoy, enjoying the wonderful waters of Manhattan Beach. Uh, this is actually not the best time to surf here, but, you know, good for you, man, for going out there and surfing. But, um, yeah, no, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, but I, we've all come to expect that he's going to be better. But do the Dodgers really need it? I mean, we're, they still have you know some of the some of the greater hitters and some of the better i mean it would be it'd be nice i think we're as dodger fans i think a lot of dodger fans are just used to all the winning so they're just used to being so stacked and maybe expecting more um but i mean he's he's gonna show up and yeah. trey turner and Freddie freeman both lead the league in hits they're tied right at like 144 145 so yeah it's like you know, so they got two of the best hitters in the National League, and then Mookie, who hits the ball. I mean, they just got to, and Muncie hitting, and then Gallo hitting, and then Bell- it'll be unfair if those guys continue to hit. They don't need all of those guys, but they probably will. Yeah, no, so, so that's my, I, I guess that's the the embarrassment of riches that the Dodgers have, right? They have, like, all of these guys that can hit. Uh, you know, uh, us complaining about, you know, well, Cody, you know, you got to step up your game. It's like, well, does he really? I, I don't know. I, like, obviously, it would be nice if all of them, you know, had the, these stellar seasons. But um, yeah, I, I just, I, I think we're too, we're too spoiled as Dodger fans when it comes to stuff like that. Well, moving on, tickets to tonight's Rams Texans preseason game at SoFi Stadium. The Rams' only home preseason game. Guys, they're going for eight dollars. Would you pay to go to a preseason game? And does the NFL need to get rid of the preseason altogether? Listen, if you haven't gone to SoFi, I mean, I highly recommend it. I mean, I mean, listen, where the cost is a little bit hidden is uh, if you park there, that'll probably cost you at least $20, maybe more, if you want something to, like, eat and drink. So, like, there's built-in cost there. But if you want to walk into the door at SoFi tonight, $8, that's, that's an incredible deal. So if you have not gone to SoFi Stadium yet, highly recommend it. Here's the thing. I don't like preseason. I will not be at the game tonight. Um, the Rams notoriously do not play their best players. They don't. They, the majority of the team that you will see tonight from the Rams side of the ball will, will be guys who will not play during the course of the season. I do think it's important, though, for those guys. I think it's important if you're trying to make the team, if you're a rookie, if you're a, a guy who did not get drafted. I, I do think that there's a purpose for a couple of preseason games. So I think this is fine. Three total uh, preseason games. No problem with that. If you remember a few years ago, back in the day, it was like five or six preseason games. That's way too many. Three, that that's okay. Yeah, I, I agree with this. Three three preseason games is plenty. Don't need any more. Don't need any less. I mean, if even if you got two, maybe that would be a good sample size. I don't know. Um, but no, I wouldn't be going to this. I mean, the Rams don't play their starters. You know, unless you're really a diehard Rams fan and you've never been to SoFi, like Arash said, you know, kind of what's the point? 
I, I, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I, I want, I want to say go, go to it just so you can say that you've gone to SoFi because tickets aren't going to be this cheap for SoFi ever <laughs> during the regular season, um, unless for some odd reason, knock on wood, that this doesn't happen. But you know, every single Rams player gets hurt and the, the season's over for them. But <laughs> I mean, I, I just. In real, in reality, those tickets are always going to be expensive. They're never gonna be cheap. So to be able to take a whole entire family out to go and see That's the stadium, yeah, yeah, go ahead and do it. You know, um, and you never know. Maybe you'll you'll actually see some stars on that field. You know, that are you'll see for yeah, you'll see them on the field. They will be having a they'll be having a t-shirt on and a hat and things like that. They no. won't they won't be playing. No, just kidding. Listen, there, <laughs> there might be a rookie who like right. I'll tell you what. Uh, the first time Dak Prescott was on the field, it was a Rams preseason game. This was the game at the Coliseum. So they got this rookie quarterback in there. And I'm looking at him saying, like, you know, I think he's a pretty good quarterback. I mean, again, I'm not saying Dak Prescott's one of the gr- greatest quarterbacks of all time, but I think he's a top 10 quarterback in the league. Let's see if Brandon Deutsch gives me a funny look. No, listen, the Dak Prescott is a top 10 quarterback in the league. I don't think that the Cowboys are a top 10 team, uh, but... Um, but yeah, GA, you're 100% right. Games, <laughs> that, games that, maybe. that number continues to go down. Um, all right, listen, we'll talk more about the preseason and the Rams and the Dodgers and all that. Uh, so let's leave it there for now. We'll talk about that more when we come back with Michael Duarte from KNBC4 in Los Angeles when we return on the mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas of the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5, the fan in Las Vegas in the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline, 310-400-0340. Let's go out now to the Circa Sports Guest Hotline. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircaSports.com for details. And here he is, my main man, my good friend, Michael Duarte from KNBC4 in Los Angeles. Michael, how are you? Raj, I'm good. Happy Friday, everybody. 
Happy Friday, Michael. A lot to get into. Maybe let's start here with the Dodgers. They uh, split the series with the Milwaukee Brewers. I mean, they've they've played so tremendously well that something like a 2-2 split series, not, again, not a cause for concern. But uh, what's your thoughts on the way that this team played? Yeah, I thought that they played pretty well, to be honest with you, overall. I mean, obviously, they rode into Kansas City and had a 12-game winning streak, uh, you know, one one shy of tying the franchise record, two from beating the franchise record. Uh, but they end up uh, winning that series. Then they head into Milwaukee, and they had a matchup with two very, very good pitchers uh, with the Milwaukee Brewers in Corbin Burns and Bob Woodruff, including, I might add, the reigning National League Cy Young Award winner in Corbin Burns. And even though they end up losing that game, uh, Andrew Haney left a couple pitches up uh, in the zone that got hit out. They were able to chase Corbin Burns in the sixth inning, uh, score three runs on him. Uh, so that was a good sign, in my opinion. Even though they don't have winning the game, the fact that you can get to Corbin Burns, the fact that you can put up some ones on Bob Woodruff or Brian Woodruff, excuse me, those are good, good signs for the Dodgers, especially when I guess their ace, quote unquote, Tony Gonson on the other end uh, was able to put up zeros for seven innings uh, in the game prior, a game that they won. So, uh, you know, it's the split at the end of the day. They're going to have three more games with his exact same team here in the next week. Uh, so we'll see what they do when they're at Dodger Stadium this time uh, with a little bit of home cooking. When you have a 16-game lead in the division, you're up four in the league, um, how does that change things? I mean, I really think a year ago, going to that last game of the season, going up, like, up against the uh, Giants, that really took its toll. Um, how does that change things this season? Can Dave, uh, Dave Roberts take chances? How does that change things? Yeah, you're right, Arash. That's the essentially the million dollar question that that everyone is asking right now. Uh, you know, is it better to go into the postseason hot, like needing to play your best baseball as you go into the postseason to make a run? We can use last season, 2021, as an example of that fighting scratching clawing with the giants to try to win that division until the very last game having to win a wild card game having to win a five game series uh, against san francisco when they have home field advantage uh, but obviously as you mentioned it kind of catches up to him because you know you don't have max muncie you don't have clayton kershaw you have to use max scherzer as a closer out of the bullpen he has dead arm by the time you get to that brave series uh and and you're a little bit burnt out by the time you're, you're playing a team that only had 88 wins uh but was ready and rested and waiting for you and they end up beating you in six games uh if you look at 2017 for example they had a huge lead in the division uh they lost the 16 of 17 in september which had everybody concerned and panicked but of course when the playoffs came around they reset they aligned everything the way they wanted and they blew through the diamondbacks the cubs uh and then ultimately uh losing to the houston astros in seven and we don't want to bring up that bad history but we know what happened there so that's the question do you want want to go in hot and kind of plain and all the way until the end or do you want to go in with with this big cushion and to answer your question i personally feel like 
the bigger the cushion, the 16-game lead in the division, knowing that you're going to win it, allows you to give some guys much-needed rest down the stretch. It means you don't have to rely on Tony Gonsolin, a guy who's never pitched this many innings in his career, too much down the stretch. They're going with a six-man rotation they just announced uh, recently here, so Ryan Pepio is going to stay and, and take his turn. That's going to be helpful, giving guys more rest down the stretch. You're going to be able to rest guys like Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, who they've been taking out of games early in like the sixth, seventh inning to give these guys off their feet. I think that becomes a luxury. I'm not worried about them going into the playoffs cold or anything. In fact, uh, if they end up do having the best record in baseball, they're probably going to have something like five days off once the season ends before they play their first playoff game. Michael, I want to touch on the the Craig Kimbrell dilemma because so much has been made of the closer situation going on with the Dodgers. Dave Roberts publicly backed him a few days ago after he blew a save against Milwaukee. What is your, do you think that that's more lip service by Roberts and who do you expect to be the closer come October? I mean, come on guys. Dave Roberts changes his mind more than leaves change colors here. But you know, (laughs) one thing to look at with Dave Roberts and he's not going to publicly blast Craig Kimbrell. He's not going to publicly say this guy's not my closer. He's not going to do that. That's just not who he is. Um, And I'm sure there's conversations internally with Andrew Friedman about what to do, how many times we're going to put him in situations. And I've noticed, honestly, uh, Armani, over the last month or so, really the highest leverage situations in a game, meaning the you're up by one and the bases are loaded and there's no outs and it's the seventh or eighth inning. It's Evan Phillips who they call upon to be the fireman to save them uh, from the burning building. He is the one who is summoned when there is trouble. Uh, And even if it's a situation where the heart of the order is coming up in the eighth inning, for example, uh, Dave Roberts trusts Evan Phillips more than he trusts Craig Kimbrell. And that's the guy he goes to. Now, Dodger fans look at it. Okay. He's trying to record a save and he might have the back end of the, of the lineup. And then he ends up blowing it, obviously, and we get upset. But it's still at this point, um, it's Evan Phillips who gets the the most pressure pack situations, who gets those high leverage roles. Uh, He's just not got that closer tag to him yet. But arguably what he does is more important because he's going against uh, the opponent's best when the game matters the most and the game is on the line. Now, it'll be interesting to see what happens when Bruce Dargratterall comes back, when Blake Trinan comes back, when you now have more reliable veteran arms in the back end of that bullpen if he's still going to give give Craig Kimbrell these chances. And one thing I want to say about the save that Craig Kimbrell blew uh, in extra innings and, and then the second game of that series uh, when we all got upset about it, uh, you, you know, first of all, a ghost runner starts on second because it was an extra innings. Second of all, uh, a bunt single to start off that inning uh, gets gets runners on first and third. You know, you can't really do anything about that, especially where the defense was playing. But what what was missed in all of it, what was missed in Craig Kimbrell's postgame talk, even though he took accountability and kept saying, I'm, it's going to turn and I'm going to be better. Uh, and Dave Roberts, you know, took responsibility as well and, and said he threw the ball well. What was missed was that walk that was in there, especially when Craig Kimbrell had, was ahead of him 1-2. And then when he has him with a full count, 3-2, he throws a pitch nowhere near the plate, not a competitive pitch whatsoever. That's what frustrated me the most, and that's what should frustrate fans is 
Craig Kimbrell's a veteran closer. He's the current uh, saves leader among active pitchers. When you get a guy one, two, or a guy three and two, uh, and you have runners on first and third in a situation like that, and you're up by one, you cannot give a free pass to move that guy from first to second where a bloop single, which is exactly what happened with the next batter, beats you. Uh, you got to make a competitive pitch and make that guy beat you with his bat and not give him that free pass. So that's what worries me about Craig Kimbrell. It's always been control this entire season and uh, his leash is short. That's all I can say guys with, with guys coming back here very soon. Michael, the, the NBA schedule finally came out. So we know all the games, who the Lakers are going to play, who the Clippers are going to play. Um, the Lakers and Clippers will be playing the second game of the season. That'll be a Lakers home game. No Christmas Day game for the Clippers. The Clippers will not be playing the first night of the season. Uh, your thoughts on that? I mean, again, I mean, the Clippers come into the season as one of the favorites to win the championship, one of the most talented teams on paper with the return of Kawhi. Leonard, Paul George, the addition of John Wall. A, your thoughts on that? And uh, B, Pau Gasol getting his number 16 retired uh, this season. I think it's fantastic. It's something that Kobe said would happen. And so uh, that is great news. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I know you tweeted out that comment from Kobe uh, back when he was alive about how Pau Gasol jerseys needs to be hanging the rafters right next to his two jerseys because he doesn't win those two championships without Pau Gasol. I think that's going to be a good moment. It's a long time coming. And I really hope to put the cherry on top of that Sunday that uh, Vanessa Bryant comes out with her girls and then there to support Powell because we know how much he's supported them uh, and been a part of their lives uh, post Kobe's death uh, and tragic helicopter accident. So I'm really excited for that. I think it's a good move. I also say now with the Bill Russell and, and us talking about, you know, if Anthony Davis plays his entire rest of his career with the Lakers and has some good playoff runs in there along the way, maybe wins another title in the next you know decade. If he plays that long, uh, does he get his, his Jersey retired too? And we know six will be retired. So Lakers are going to be starting to run out of numbers here pretty soon, but I, I am really excited for this Pau Gasol, uh, Jersey retirement. That's the game that I circle on my calendar in March that I'm going to want to go to. Uh, it is a little weird, Arash, right? That the Clippers aren't going to be playing on Christmas day, uh, with the first time we're going to see Kawhi Leonard, Paul George healthy uh, now John Wall added to that team I believe the only game I mean the Lakers are still there obviously they're in Dallas but I believe the only game that's on the west coast after that is is what is it Utah Denver I believe and you know Utah now trading Rudy Gobert the chances of them trading Donovan Mitchell appear to be really high at this point uh, put, to put them on Christmas Day over the Clippers I thought was a strange choice uh, but other than that uh, you know the schedule was, was pretty interesting. My big takeaway, and I wrote an article about this if people want to check it out, is uh, from Thanksgiving Day, basically like the day before Thanksgiving, uh, until New Year's, the Lakers have this run where there's like 16 road games uh, out of like 19 or 20. I'm trying to look at it again to do the math, but it's a brutal stretch early in the season, especially a big test for first uh, year head coach Darvin Ham. And if this is a situation where Russell Westbrook is still on the team at that point in time, uh, that stretch right there could end up making or breaking your season by New Year's, which is not what you want to hear or see for Lakers fans. But that's a brutal stretch right there. It gets better in the second half, more home games. But that stretch right there is going to be tough. Um, 
Yeah, Michael, I wanted to ask, speaking of the Lakers, you know, we talked about this in the first segment with, you know, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, possibly going back to Brooklyn. It's uh, leaning, leaning toward that, according to Brian Windhorse. So what's what's your thought here on the two picks? Would you give up those two picks for Heald and Turner or do you wait to trade Westbrook at the deadline? Yeah, that's what we've been talking about. That's tough. I definitely would trade one of those picks for sure. I think maybe the longer you wait, maybe a team will be willing to do that. Now that you've signed LeBron James to this extension, uh, definitely, in my opinion, that, that one of the, the earlier pick becomes, uh, the sorry, the later pick, the 2029 pick to me, would be the one that becomes expendable. Uh, but the 2027 picks, still one of those where you know LeBron won't be there anymore. Chances are AD won't be there anymore. And that's the one you need to keep. Uh, I would not do that deal for Miles Turner uh, and Buddy Heald. Um, I, I would, I would, if, if we can make that deal, I like that deal. But again, as we've been talking about ad nauseum for months, uh, really we're waiting, everyone's waiting on Kevin Durant because that's the first domino that needs to fall. And it appears he is doing everything he can to get his way out of Brooklyn, including throwing his coach and general manager under the bus, including these, uh, reports by Mark Stein that he'd be willing to retire, even though I know Kevin Durant shot those down, but it just is pointing at signals that he wants out of Brooklyn. And if he's out of Brooklyn, then the chance are you want to see Kyrie out and then if the Lakers have a chance at him that's that's the trade where you would include two picks for if you can make it uh if you can't do that uh I would still wait around to see if you can do one pick and if you can't do the Indiana deal maybe use the Charlotte Hornets as leverage to try to get Indiana to do it for one pick uh so to answer your question uh I know we're getting close to the training camp starting don't make a panic move don't make a rush move if you're Rob Palenka I know there's pressure from LeBron and probably clutch sports to to improve the roster as fast as possible but I would say hold on and you know at the very least see what you have uh if if nobody budges on this including the two picks thing, uh, see what you have going the season and then trade them at the deadline. Michael NFL season is right around the corner. I want to know besides the two LA teams, do you have a team that you feel like is not getting the respect they deserve from either Vegas or the national media? Who is your sleeper team for, for this season? Yeah. The Niners, right? Duh. <laughs> um, no, I'm I'm kidding. Um, I mean, the Niners are a sleeper team, but I think people expect them to be a playoff team. I don't think I think Justin Herbert is getting enough pub from like Vegas and the betting odds and, and the national media, but not necessarily the Chargers. Uh, I think they're going to be a, a, a sneaky playoff team. It's tough because they're playing a very difficult division, but I think they have the ability this year to surpass the Raiders uh, and be up there. And I know you said both the LA teams, but that's just one I just think is not getting respect. I think the Bills are getting the most respect uh, in the AFC. I think that's everyone's favorite and the darling right now to, to run the gauntlet and go all the way. Uh, another team I'll talk about and mention that that I don't think is getting enough pub is, is the Patriots. Uh, they're a team that seemingly each and every year uh, he still makes the playoffs I know they got blown out by the bills last year uh, but there's this report out there that that Mac Jones has uh, kept the box score and all the articles from that and, and kept the final score and has posted it in his locker at, at training camp and is using it as motivation to get better uh, I want to see what the Patriots do because we kind of know everyone 
where everyone else stands. And when I really crunch the numbers myself, I don't think there's going to be too many surprises as far as teams that did not make the postseason this year that won't make it this year. I think the Steelers are a team that won't make it this year, that made it last year. I think the Raiders are a team that could drop off, even though they made it this year, but they did get better. Uh, and I think the Baltimore Ravens, if Lamar Jackson stays healthy, are another sneaky, uh, underrated team that that could make a run uh, if Lamar Jackson's healthy, of course. Michael, I completely agree with you on the Patriots take. Um, I, I think their defense is stellar. Matt Jones is just getting better and better as the, the days grow grow long, right? But um, I'm wondering, and I just got back from Vegas, and Vegas is not giving them the time of day right now, right? The odds for them are just ridiculous. Um, hence why I put money on it. But I'm, I'm wondering, um, why do you think that Vegas is disrespecting the Patriots, and why do you think maybe even the league is disrespecting the Patriots in that regard, um, and they're looked at as a sleeper? Well, Vegas is a kind of situation where, you know, they they go off of where the money is typically. And so if there's not a lot of money coming in on the pages, which is a surprise, you know, the Boston market tends to be a, a good market for fans and stuff. But I don't know necessarily about gamblers, but, you know, the Vegas may give a team like third best odds to win the Super Bowl. But when they really look at it in reality, or you go to like their win loss total, uh, they're like sixth or seventh, you know, and that's kind of where I think the Patriots are. So from looking at the odds, especially the Patriots win total, it's like Vegas thinks they'll be there and thinks they'll be in the playoffs, but they're not really giving them a chance uh, to take that next step uh, and win a Super Bowl. And I don't think they're there yet, but I do think that they are very underrated and that if Mac Jones can literally take the next step in his career in his sophomore year, that they could be right there as far as a team that might reach the AFC championship or at least win a playoff game this year. Uh, that's why I think that they're not getting much respect on that end, but they should because, you know, Belichick has proven that he is arguably one of the greatest NFL coaches of all time, if not the greatest. Uh, and he can do a lot with little and he can do a lot with those defenses, even when they don't have the flashy names uh, on the marquee. So I think that um, I think that they're going to be a playoff team this year. I think that they win a playoff game. And I think that's kind of where their ceiling is. Michael, last couple of minutes here. Uh, the Associated Press and the coaches poll did come out. USC, a top 15 team, not top 10 quite yet. Although according to Vegas, they're, I think they're sixth uh, right now in terms of the odds to win the whole thing. Uh, listen, we're both USC grads, slightly uh, biased here. Your thoughts on this upcoming season for the USC Trojans? Yeah, you know, I thought this was really interesting, Arash. Um, the odds right there, right? I think USC had maybe like fifth best odds or yeah. fourth best as yeah. far as like the betting line. But then, like, the reality was they're ranked 16th. Uh, so it's like, this is what I was explaining to Jihei and, and, and you guys before that. This is a great example of where the money's going on USC. So <clears throat> their odds go up. But the truth is they probably have them right around the middle of the pack um, and have they should be like 15th or 16th best odds but because it's USC. It's a flashy name. It's a name yeah. that a lot of bettors like to put money on. Uh, that's why their odds are ranked higher. I think that, I think that where that, that are ranked currently 16 is generous. You know, I saw some polls where they're not even ranked at all. Y you have great players that you transferred over. I think I saw a thing that said over 21 players, you know, came over from the transfer portal, uh, and revamped that roster, uh, or, and even got talking about guys that left as well. Um, you know, including two quarterbacks that they had that transferred out. So I think that it's going to take some time to put it together. Uh, and I think they can make a run late and potentially, you know, now that the, the pack, 
12 division is is no longer going to go by like north and south that actually probably hurts them yeah. um but i think they can make a run late uh but i really do still like utah utah's returning everybody that's a veteran team i like utah in that in that division uh but i think if usc put it together they have the talent on paper uh to to easily roll through the pack 12 and so it's going to be one of those situations where if things can start clicking like middle of the season and they only have one or two losses at that time i think they can make a run uh and potentially uh make a run for a really big bowl game maybe even the rose bowl that would be fantastic i mean it's, it's just good to go into the season where usc is once again talked about they they have lincoln riley they have caleb williams they're they're gonna be talked about so that's great Good times. Football is finally back. Michael, you're the best. We will talk to you again next week. That's all the time that we have for today. Let's do it again on Monday. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.